0: Good morning, Shark Nation. We got a light light podcast today. No football today. We will have our college pick'em segments later in the show. Um, no interview today with any coaches since football has a yet another bye week in this COVID-ridden season. But we will travel to North Augusta for the first round of the playoffs next week on Friday. Kickoff will be 7:30 as usual. So hopefully people get out there and support the Sharks. Um, First, I want to talk about the region a little bit. Um, Fall sports is winding down. We have nine fall sports. Um, Eight of them are complete with football now starting the playoffs after tonight. And so out of those eight sports that are complete, region 7-4A has four state champions. Lucy Beckham won the girls' tennis state championship. May River won the girls' golf state championship. James Island just nudged Hilton Head by one point at the girls' cross-country championship. That we'll get into a little bit later here and then hilton had just last night won the volleyball state championship and also not only just the state titles from the region but girls swim the region finished second third fourth and fifth in the state and as well as boys cross country finishing up yesterday the region finished beaufort finished third and may river finished fourth so really as we talk about the region being really competitive it may be the best region in 4a across the state of south carolina but congratulations to all of our sports and all of our teams within our region as they've been representing very well. With that said, yesterday our eighth and ninth sport finished up. Yesterday, cross country traveled up to Columbia to the Sand Hills um, cross country course to compete at the 4A state championship. The girls started first at 11:30 a.m. in know, unseasonably warm day um, for cross country, maybe favored the Sharks a little bit. Um, again, Sand Hills in name is a very hilly course, not a lot of hills down here for the Sharks to train on, but it's a good course. Sharks are familiar with it. And the girls got us started at 1130 with an eighth overall finish. We had our five scores. We had again, Anya Arroyo, who's been the story all year, was your state runner up. She finished right behind the James Island girl that they've been competing against each other all year. Again, she was second overall with a time of 18.25 and, again, a really hilly course. I think that was two or three seconds off of her PR, so really a great run in the heat and the hills of Columbia. Vic, Vicki Sosa, another All-Stater, finished 13th with a time of 20 minutes and six seconds. And then we had Caroline Strickler, Stickler excuse me, with a 53rd overall, 22.20. And again, Carolina Gorman with an 83rd overall at 24 And then finally finishing up the score scoring was Jessica Buskey at 89th with a 25-15. Again, the girls finished 8th in the state. They have no seniors, so they'll return their entire team. They also had a couple injuries this year. Those girls will be back. So really look for the girls to make a push into that top three or four next year um, in the state of South Carolina. It's a good season, girls. Great job. After the girls, right around – 12 o'clock noon, the boys got their meet started. And the boys really were one of five teams that could win a state championship. And when you're talking about something so competitive, you know, a lot of things can, can go well or can go wrong. And a lot of things went really well for some teams. And a lot of teams had a couple, you know, setbacks. Um, but, again, the boys were really good, got off to a really good start. Um, we finished up Jackson Beebe was an all-state runner. He finished 15th with a 16.57. Mills Campbell was right behind him in 16th place with a 17 flat. Colin Keck in 31st place at a 17.30. Cohen McDonald at 37th, 17.42. And then right behind him, Sean Hamby at a 17 minute and 45 finished 38th. Sharks ran really close together, which is a good thing in cross country. Again, they finished fourth, um, things could have made, been a little bit different for the Sharks, but not in reality, You know, no one was probably catching East Side, which was your uh, eventual state champion, but again, a really good finish for the boys, fourth overall in the state. Again, they were your defending 3A state champions from last year. Um, they do graduate a few kids, so they'll be reloading next year, but again, a really great season for boys and girls cross country, and again, a shortened COVID-stricken season. Their season kind of hit was, they were hit with a lot of things. Couldn't run here, couldn't run there, so they didn't get a lot of events in. Um, and that was the same for a lot of teams across the state. But again, really good job. Congratulations to our boys and girls cross country team. And again, just a shout out to the region who is competing at a high level. Again, maybe the best region in 4A across the state of South Carolina. With that said, we'll take a short break, here from our sponsors, and we will get right into our college pick'em. We'll be right back. Shark Radio is sponsored by Palmetto Bug Company, a commercial and residential bug control solution. Owned and operated by an educational professional, we make customer service a priority. Palmetto Bug Company. Alright, welcome back to Shark Radio. It's that time of week again. It's college pick'em. We got 10 games on the dockets. The Pac-12 has started. But we're not picking any Pac-12 games yet. They got a six-game schedule. We'll get in them, we'll get into those games a little bit later in the season. But up next, we've got a little North Carolina duel. We got the Tar Heels at the Blue Devils. Coach Whitmore, you're up first this week.
1: What do you got? Yeah, the Dukies, they come in at two and five. They got wins over Hapless Syracuse and lowly Charlotte last week. Neither one of those teams has a winning record. North Carolina 5-2, and two, but they dropped two of their last three. They seem to still, however, be able to score at will. I think that's the difference here. We talked earlier uh, in, in some of the podcasts a few weeks ago about Duke's tendency for turnovers. You know, this is the best basketball rivalry in the country. But we're playing football this weekend, so I'm going to go with the Tar Heels. On the hardwood, I'd take the Blue Devils, but the turf still belongs to the Heels. Coach
2: Whitmore, good pick. Obviously, if there was this was his basketball, the spread would be way less than 10. Uh, Duke has been just bad this year. However, Duke seems to go against me quite a bit. Every time I pick them, they don't cover. Every time I don't pick them, they find a way to cover. Uh, I just think they're uh, uh, turnover prone, which gives UNC multiple chances on offense. There's no question that UNC can score. Duke's defense is not very good. Um, uh, uh the ruckus crowd there at Duke, I don't think that's going to get to uh, North Carolina. I think that's the worst stadium to play in in college football, period. Much less with limited people due to COVID. I'm going to have to go UNC is able to cover this, minus 10.
0: Yeah, I like the Tar Heels. I know their defense is struggling, which kind of leaves the backdoor uh, cover open this week. But I'm going to go Tar Heels, just scoring more than the Blue Devils, taking North Carolina. Up next, Tennessee back on the docket for our number one fan, Bruce Bruce. Coach Powell. Tennessee minus one and a half at Arky. What
2: do you got? <clears throat> Our, Arkansas has been a big surprise. I think coming into the year, everybody talked about we thought Arkansas might be the worst team in the SEC. And week in and week out, they prove, prove us wrong. They've beaten a couple of good quality opponents um, that they were not necessarily as good as. And they played tough against teams that they were better than. Tennessee, we talked about them riding that winning streak coming into the season. And, man, they have not looked very good as of late. Uh, I know Whitmore has alluded to some of the locker room problems um, that they had. However, I I think at the end of the day, I think Tennessee is a better football team than Arkansas. Um, Minus one and a half leads me to think that the uh, people who set these lines think that as well. I'm going to have to go Tennessee here, able to cover only minus, giving up one and a half.
1: Coach Powell, nice pick, buddy, coming through. Boy, you guys want to see a battle? (laughs) You come to the Whitmore house on Saturday night and watch the battle for TV control with the Buckeyes and the Vols playing at the same time. That's the game of the week. Uh, Tennessee, man, they lost three in a row. Two of those three, though, they're excusable from a national standpoint, although not probably to the Tennessee faithful. Um, I don't think anybody, even the diehard Vols fans, expected them to beat Bammer and Georgia. They certainly would have liked the margins to have been closer. However, that loss to Kentucky was absolutely inexcusable especially by four touchdowns. Arkansas, on the other hand, as you said, Coach Powell, they come in with the the same record, but they probably feel better about it. They were supposed to be terrible this year, be the doormat of the SEC. They've overachieved a little bit to this point. You know, Tennessee, you know, as you said, they're they're coming off a bye week here. I'm going to put a little bit of faith in Coach Pruitt, kind of get the guys back on track and look more like that team that won eight in a row. I'm going to take my pick to the Tennessee Hills and good old Rocky Top, go Vols.
0: Well, Tennessee's struggling mightily. Um, Agree with Coach Whitmore. Same record. Arkansas probably feels a lot better about themselves right now. Arkansas is playing at home. It's a tough one. Tennessee coming off a bye. Could be positive, but also could be negative. They did not get that locker room figured out. I'm going to go against the panel just because Arkansas is at home. I'm going to go Razorbacks. Pick Suey, baby. All right, next. Maryland at Penn State. When that Maryland-Minnesota game kicked off and As we saw the final roll in, I think that was when the first time me and Coach Whitmore probably realized that old Michigan wasn't quite as good as they thought they were after beating Minnesota. But we got Maryland at Penn State. Penn State has to win. Absolutely must win. And they got a big line. Minus 25. Coach Whitmore, Big Ten country. Who
1: you like? Man, that's a tough one. Gosh, Penn State 0-2. You know, they... They, got, they, they lost a terrible game to Indiana. You know, they, they just got handled by a better team last week, more explosive. Maryland, they just looked like maybe the worst team in the country in week one as Northwestern just embarrassed them. And then they come out on absolute fire against Minnesota. You know, if you, if you haven't watched Maryland play, uh, they got Tua's brother. I think his name's Talia or something like that. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's Tua's brother. That's the easy part. Uh, he, he's their starting quarterback, transferred from Alabama. He did not look good the first week. He looked great last week. This is a really big number. These teams are actually very close in proximity. There is a little bit of a rivalry there. I think if Maryland was perennially a little better, it would be almost a big-time rivalry. I think the kids, you know, the the players, most of them grew up close to each other. So I I, I think this one plays a little bit tighter. And and I'm going to go with Maryland to cover, but I think Penn State wins the game. But I just think that's too big of a number.
2: Great, great points there, Coach Whitmore. Um, Maryland looked like the worst team in college football week one. of uh, Their season had just recently started. Um, then last week, they looked much better. Again, I think Coach uh, Macy just alluded to the fact that that made us scratch our head about uh, Michigan because of a common opponent there. Uh, Penn State, I thought, played a little bit better than I thought they would last week against Ohio State. Ohio State was able to pull through. And a couple costly penalties that kept the score a little bit closer than I think the game really is. But, man, 25 points against two teams that I don't think are very good and you don't really know a whole lot about seems to be a whole lot to me, especially when you're talking about in-conference. I'm going to have to go with Maryland getting 25.
0: Penn State's backs are against the wall. They have to win. It's just an absolute must win. Maryland may have figured out something offensively, but, again, they beat Minnesota, who just gave up about 50 to Michigan, who could barely score against Sparty. Last week, So we're starting to see some things shake out in the Big Ten, how good people really are or how bad people are. I just think the number's a little bit too high. Penn State probably wins by a few touchdowns, but I'm going to take Maryland minus or plus 25. Up next, the darlings of the podcast. we got South Alabama at Coastal Carolina getting
2: <clears throat> 16 and a half. Coach Powell, your home state, what do you got? Last week, they played Georgia State. We had a little bit of controversy. Everybody picked Coastal <clears throat> against Georgia State, but everybody was kind of leaning to the fact that Coastal's probably due for an upset. Man, did they respond. I think they beat Georgia State something like 51 to <laughs> nothing. If you look on media right now, they have got to be the media darling of our country. They're undefeated. They're in the top 20. Um, they're from Coast, uh, Conway, South Carolina. They got the teal turf. They did a big story about the Clear the other week. South Alabama, on the other hand, I – Started off good, then they showed us what they really are, which is not very good the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think Coastal Carolina's defense, again, is very, very, very underrated here. Okay? I think South Alabama defense is going to give up points to Coastal Carolina. And I think uh, when I talk about Clemson, a lot of talk about their defense keeping it, keeping the score down. I think Coastal Carolina defense is going to shut Alabama down. Therefore, I believe 16-and-a-half is an easy cover for Coastal Carolina, and I'm going Chanticleers.
1: Hmm. Primetime game on the surf turf, baby, in beautiful Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I know it's in Conway, Coast cola but let's just go with the rest of the country and say that it's in Myrtle Beach. (laughs) Good point. it's, It's a lot more fun to talk about Myrtle Beach than Conway, South Carolina. You are correct. Yeah, some crazy things. They tend to happen on Saturday nights on the Grand Strand, and I expect this weekend to be no different. South Alabama, they were supposed to be atrocious this year. But they come in at 3-3, three and three. as you said. They started off kind of hot. They had a really good first game against, I think it was Southern Miss, and that kind of shocked everybody. And said, man, maybe they're okay. And then they've kind of returned to form, which is not very good. Um, you know, it's it's been very clear what, what Coastal has done so far this year. We've talked about them a lot on here. Now the national media is a step behind us, no surprise there, and they're starting to pick up on it. You know, the shots, are, they're absolutely rolling. Um, and until they give me a reason to doubt them, I'm going to keep riding them. I think Coastal Rolls is the Jaguars of South Alabama become yet another victim to a Saturday night in Myrtle Beach.
0: I'm with Coach Whitmore. Coastal Carolina is in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and like I said in week one, nobody rolls into Myrtle Beach, South Carolina and takes what they want unless your name is Tom Dyer, baby, and Woo! South Alabama Woo! is not Tom Dyer. Coastal Carolina going to roll. We are on them all year. We're going to stay on them. Coastal Carolina, minus 16 and a half. All right, up next, back up north, going to Bloomington, Indiana. The Hoosiers are undefeated. They're feeling good about themselves. And Michigan's got their tail between their legs. We got Michigan, though, minus 3.5, heading to Bloomington and the Hoosiers at Indiana. Coach Whitmore, your neck of the woods.
1: What do you got? My fighting Hoosiers against the hapless hairballs from Ann Arbor. Boy, way to go, Jimmy. You really got them fired up last week. Way to show up, buddy. The Skunk Weasels, they were part of uh, what's probably going to be the biggest upset of the season last week. That was a thing of beauty. And I would like to personally thank Sparty for making me the second happiest man in the state of South Carolina on Saturday. If you're wondering who number one was, well, that was Coach Schmidt. Indiana, Hoosers Hoosiers looking good. Got the upset against uh, Penn State week one. You know, they, they handled uh, Rutgers last week. Uh, but I think this Michigan team is a lot <clears throat> like Penn State. Uh, after watching them play a little bit, I think they're comparable. And, you know, I'll admit that Penn State probably should have beat Indiana earlier in the year. I hate to say it, but as I've said before, this is a business show. This is about getting games right and I'm going to take the skunk weasels to cover on the road. But, man, I hope I'm wrong.
2: <clears throat> Coach Winmore, I think I look at this as, as Michigan's a wounded animal right now. Um, they came in with a lot of hope, um, shortened season. I thought they thought that maybe favored them. Um, it was going to be them in Ohio State, and <laughs> they lost to Michigan State last week. Man, that's that's not very good. Indiana, I think, you know, has won some games and we weren't really necessarily favored in. A lot of controversy in the Penn State game, but again, I give it 100% to Indiana. They took care of business. But when you got an animal, a wounded animal in a bad spot, and they got to come out fighting or they're going to have to roll over. And I think Michigan has superior talent than Indiana. I don't know about the coaching aspect. A couple years ago, everybody thought that he was the greatest coach in college football, and man, <laughs> not sure that he's he's top 20 right now. Um, but I am going to have to go with Michigan to cover just giving up three and a half at Indiana. I think Michigan in the day is a better football team. And maybe some of that uh, hocus pocus Indiana has been running is going to be over.
0: Oh, baby, Michigan and Indiana. If you guys want to hear a great rant on the Michigan, Michigan state game, you may want to tune into my man, Mike Valenti's show YouTube it. He's awesome. I think the greatest um, talk show college football guy in the country, but he just goes off on old Michigan. He's a Michigan state grad, but Michigan's got to travel past Indianapolis where the Big 10 championship is. That's the closest they'll get to Indianapolis this year and on their way to Bloomington. So, Michigan's going to play man to man. They're going to play in your in your face defense on the corners. They're going to probably blitz Indiana just like Don Brown does and if Indiana's quarterback, Athletic quarterback can and find some space, I think they can eat up Michigan's defense. But I agree also agree with coach Powell that Michigan is a wounded animal. They have to win. Harbaugh usually until last week is pretty good in these situations, so I'm going to go Michigan minus three and a half in Bloomington, and like Coach Whitmore, just hope the heck that I'm wrong. So I'm taking the Wolverines. Up next, going west a little bit further, we got Oklahoma State again. Wounded Animal
2: minus ten at K-State. Coach Powell, what do you got? Um, I've been high on Kansas State because of what they do offensively and the coach. Um, our coaching staff is very familiar with them. Um, but last week, man, they looked like Kansas as opposed to Kansas State. i not very impressed with them as of late. Read a couple articles where they got a couple of kids transferring here and there. So to me, that tells me there's a little bit more division or a little bit more problems in the locker room at K State than and we once expected. OK State had a big, uh, unfortunately, had a loss last week. I'm um, against a good team that can score. I think Kansas State at times struggles to score, and they turned the ball over a couple times last week. I think OK State. Is the only hope for that conference to have a, a team in the top ten maybe, even down the stretch. Um, even with the one loss, they're going to have to respond. Their conference needs them. I think OK State has too many weapons. Again, I talked about that quarterback last week. I think he's a Heisman contender by the time he graduates. All right, I'm going to need him to start producing a little bit more <laughs> so that I don't look like a fool. So, uh, But I'm going to go OK State to cover minus ten.
1: Coach Powell, you're not much of an investor, are you?
2: Don't know anything about it. One of the best
1: qualities of a good investor is when they make a bad investment or a bad pick, they're willing to give it up. I think you can pass on the kid winning the Heisman. It's okay to be wrong. You know, just admit it. It's all right. I do do, do bank in Lake City, South
2: Carolina. (laughs) The the Citizens Bank. Nice, nice.
1: Now, onto the game. Oklahoma State, you know, they got knocked off last week. That was a very deflating loss to not only them but their conference you know, Texas was, as I said, I, th- I thought they were the more talented team. I think that showed up, even though it went to overtime. Uh, Oklahoma State does have some weapons on offense. You know, K-State, at times, they're they're not overly explosive. And I think we all picked them to, pick, to beat Oklahoma. But I think there's a big difference between this Oklahoma and Oklahoma State teams is I think Oklahoma State plays a little bit more physical brand of football. And I think that will come in handy here as, as Kansas State was kind of able to push around the Sooners. I don't think they do the same with the Cowboys. And I'm going to take the Cowboys to cover on the road. You know, a little bit fired up coming off of that loss. A lot of weapons on offense, and, and the Cowboys get done.
0: Coach Powell, I think you got to call uh, Citizens Bank there in Lake City and see if they can get a sponsorship after giving them a shot out there. Uh, they should probably send some money our way, we short Radio. We need some radio.
1: funds. We need some funds. I, I will call the president
0: today. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to ask the panel, what happened the last time K-State lost a game? No idea. They came back and beat Oklahoma. Next week, everyone's out. They lost to Arkansas State. I think they had a week off, came back, and got a big win. So, I'm going to go K-State. Hopefully, they don't turn the ball over like they did at old West by God, Virginia, last week. And I'm going to take them getting the points. Ten, I'm going to take Kansas State. All right, up next, Coach Whitmore gets to kick us off. We got Rutgers, Coach Chiano, old Ohio State um, D coordinator, and obviously, Rutgers head coach a while back. Got Rutgers playing a little bit better. Iowa State with a huge line here, minus 37. Coach Whitmore, what's Bucky looking
1: like? Well, I'm going to give you a date here, Coach Powell, and I want to see if it is anything special to you. November 6, 1869. That's 151 years ago to the day. Do you know what happened then?
2: No, there's only a couple of dates I remember. That'd be my, my two children's birthdays and my wife's anniversary. I do know all four of those.
1: Way to go, buddy. Way to go. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you a little little something here. That was the first ever college football game. Do you know where it was played? It wasn't played in Clemson. It wasn't played in Alabama. It wasn't even played in Columbus. That was played at Rutgers University. Well, that's it's a good time one. to give the Scarlet Knights a little bit of respect. Well, maybe not this week. The Buckeyes are favored by 37. They're 6-0 against Rutgers all time. <clears throat> They've won the average margin of victory, I think, as I read it was like 41.9 or right up there around 42. This is a huge spread. I really don't want to take it. But I think if you have to pick a side here, it has to be the Buckeyes. They've been explosive. Justin Fields looks tremendous. You know, Greg Ciano came from Ohio State, but he's never coached against Ohio State. And he's been gone long enough that I don't think he's recruited, you know, at least some of the offensive guys that are are really explosive for the Buckeyes right now. I'm going to take the Buckeyes to roll. It would not surprise me if, if Rutgers gets a cover here, but I think the play has to be Ohio State. Go Bucks, Coach, what more
2: interesting stat there. Um, again, that may have mattered 151 years ago. Um, Ohio State has seemed to have picked up the pace and, and the progression of college football. I'm not sure Rutgers has quite yet. They may they may be still playing 151 years ago. Um, <clears throat> the game has changed a lot. You talked about Ohio State being very explosive. I think with Trevor Lawrence out, Justin Fields got a shot at the Heisman. I think they're going to some pile up some numbers there, uh, give him an opportunity to throw the ball a little bit more. Um, Even maybe down the stretch, padded stats a little bit. Uh, Rutgers is is surprisingly a little better than we thought. And I think Rutgers is a little bit better than we thought. I know I've heard their coach make reference a couple weeks ago to the fact that if they're in a ball game, they're going to go for it. They're not there to tie. They're not there to lose. They're going to try to win. Which scares me a little bit for a backdoor cover here is they're not going to do what we expect them to do. They're going to do – they're going to try to win games, okay? I think they're a team that did that 87 backwards laterals a couple weeks ago. But, again, that is kind of scary to me. However, Ohio State is much better. I think Ohio State, it's going to be close, but I'm going to have to go Ohio State, Get given 37.
0: Yeah, it's a huge number. I like Ohio State to score somewhere in the 50s. I don't know, can Rutgers get in the 20s for a cover? I think something up around the lines of 52 to 14, which would be a barely a cover, I believe. That Rutgers game against, I think it was New Jersey, in game one of college football history, is not going to come into play today. I like the Buckeyes barely to cover a huge spread. All right, up next, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. It's in Jacksonville, I believe. Florida can't say that anymore. Oh, you're right. Can't say that. It's Florida at Georgia. Florida, a state that can apparently count their votes, and Georgia, a state that apparently can't count their votes. We got Florida at Georgia, minus three and a half in Jacksonville. Coach Powell, what do you like?
2: Man, I don't know. This one's tough. It, it, I, I've looked back and forth at some things on both sides here. Um, the hook here scares me a little bit. Uh, I, I'm actually more curious than, than the counting votes out in Georgia, when they're going to make the quarterback change in Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. They had a national story on him. You know, unfortunately, there's a reason he didn't have a scholarship out of high school, okay? He's not very good. He's 5'10". Uh, the ball. i, I watch more balls get batted down there than a basketball game you know, in, in college basketball. Um. uh So I think they might have a little bit of division in the locker room. Again, people probably, you know, they got a five-star quarterback on the bench um and hasn't seemed to play. Florida can score points. Florida's defense, Coach Macy's talking about it with their defensive coordinator, not very good. However, Georgia just doesn't seem to score very many points. I mean, look at what they scored against Kentucky last week with superior athletes. Georgia has a good defense, however, okay, and I think it's going to give Florida some problems. Okay, three and a half is a lot. Maybe since they're not playing in Georgia, to get down there to Jacksonville. They forget about trying to count those votes, and maybe they start counting some dubs. So I'm actually go Georgia to cover, give them three and a half.
1: Woo! Well, Coach Powell, my vote is for a quarterback change as well. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that's going in the locker room or not. I haven't read anything about that, but certainly the national media. Starting to talk about it, and and you'd think the players would start to hear the rumblings, Um, or certainly their emotions would start to play in and start to feel that way. Uh, You know, Georgia, they looked really good early on. You know, we kind of stocked down when when Bama rolled them a couple weeks ago. Hey, we're kind of lackluster against Kentucky last week. You talked about the quarterback's issues, getting the ball out. He's a shorter kid. Um, You know, Florida, last time Georgia – played a really good offense they they did give up a lot of points uh i'm not sure florida's played a defense as good as georgia's yet this year but i just think the the gators can can score a lot of points i don't think georgia can florida's defense is actually getting a little bit better not great yet a little bit better i'm gonna go with the gators to cover here i just think that too much offense for them
0: florida georgia oh it is a good line by the line lines makers um I think I'm going to have to go against Coach Clown Shoes, the Florida defensive coordinator, um, and I'm going to go Georgia to cover three and a half just because of that um, Florida defense. It is going to be close, but I'm going to go Bulldogs, um, Georgia with the cover. Up next, Texas A&M travels east to Columbia, South Carolina to play the game, Cox. Coach Whitmore, what do
1: you got? I got a gut feeling here, that's all. Um, <laughs> Texas A&M, they've they've been pretty good. They They, they really kind of – they looked bad against Bama, I thought. They kind of grabbed a little spotlight when they beat Florida. Um, I'm kind of waiting for them to underachieve because it, that, that Vanderbilt game still pops into my head every time I see them. That was week one. They beat them like 12-7. Vanderbilt is terrible. I just think that they're primed for maybe a little bit of a letdown. They've played a lot of really good teams lately, and I, I just think maybe there's a letdown South Carolina. You know, they were looking pretty good, and then they really stunk it up against LSU – But coming off a bye week, I just think Cocky's going to get it right. Um, It is no longer Cocktober. It is now November. But I think South Carolina starts off the month with a cover. I'm not sure they win, but I think they keep it within the number. Go, Cox. Texas A&M here, you alluded to the fact of, you know, it's playing against
2: Vanderbilt, and that that scares you a little bit. Coach Whitmore, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know how you want to look at it, but South Carolina looks about like Vanderbilt right now. Um, They are coming off a bye week. However, a lot of stuff that I've read that seems to be more questions than answers after this bye week. Anytime you got a whole team that seems to be very divided about the quarterback situation and who's going to be the quarterback, to me, creates a bunch of problems in the locker room. Um, Therefore, I think, you know, a bunch of rumblings around the locker room is that Luke Doty needs to be playing quarterback. Oholensky needs to be quarterback. And they continue to play that grad transfer from Colorado, um, Texas A&M, all right, it is a solid program, okay? They got a good coach. They got a good quarterback. They got a quarterback they trust in, okay? And I think even though traveling to South Carolina with limited people, I'm going to have to go uh, Texas A&M uh, able to uh, cover that minus uh, eight and a half. I'm thinking t- Texas A&M wins by at least ten. South Carolina's defense is bad.
0: Yeah, I keep picking the game, cops, trying to get covers. they keep failing me. Um, again, I'm not high on Texas A&M, kind of. Like Coach Whitmore, either not saying they're bad. Um, Muschamp has to find a win. He absolutely has to. Um, you know, rumors around South Carolina one is he had a meeting with the AD last week. Who knows if it's true or not? But their backs are against the wall. They have to find a way to win. Um, I'm not sure they win, but I am gonna take the Gamecocks to cover against Texas AM. All right, last one of the of the day, and it is a big one. It's the game of the week. Clemson, number one in the nation, travels to South Bend, number four in the nation. Coach Powell, it's your team. It's your Tigers. Start us off, baby.
2: Coach Whitmore, congratulations. College football is officially back. We have two top five teams, both undefeated, squaring off. Okay. Um, Very fortunate uh, for all those Notre Dame fans that our ACC allowed them in um, (laughs) here due to COVID. Um, Clemson. You know, big fan. Everybody talks about Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, rightfully so. I mean, you could argue he's the best quarterback in college football. Again, I'm not a, I'm a Clemson fan, but I think there's some other quarterbacks in college football pretty good, too. Um, but I'm really concerned about our defense. Um, they haven't looked as good as they have in years past, and I'm not necessarily talking about from a coaching standpoint. I'm talking about from a personnel standpoint. Our linebacker, our inside backer, who has been out a couple weeks. I think he had a hernia. Uh, not going to be back. Um, I think he's the leader of our defense. He's a really, really good player. And, man, we have we have felt his uh, loss uh, from a defensive perspective. Uh, had a big freshman come in last week, big five-star kid. I told you all week I felt like he couldn't last week that he couldn't throw the ball very well. And I look like an, like an idiot, okay, because <laughs> uh, I think he threw the ball almost as good as Trevor Lawrence did. I told
1: you not to hate on the 240 pounders.
2: Right, man, did you see his dad, Coach Whitmore? <laughs> all right. That is a big dude. All right, I did see that he doesn't allow, he doesn't follow his dad because he doesn't want to hear about him, which I think is a pretty good backstory. Um, they got a whole week to prepare for Notre Dame. Last week they found out Trevor Lawrence was officially out on Thursday, so the game plan didn't change very much. Um, I think Notre Dame's inability to throw the ball downfield, all right, which seems to be an area of concern for Clemson in the secondary, doesn't create create as much problem as we would think based off Notre Dame doesn't throw the ball downfield. However, their coach, Coach Kelly, is a very good coach. He understands the problems that uh, Clemson has in the secondary, so he's smart enough to take some chances, which scares me a little bit. However, I'm only minus five and a half. I think Clemson is a better football team um, from top to bottom in multiple positions. Uh, I'm going to have to go with my Tigers here to keep it rolling. All right, giving up five and a half, I think they cover at least by a touchdown. Go Tigers. Whew,
1: man. The Big Ten, and all their infinite wisdom that they've given us this year, they decided to put Ohio State and Rutgers at the same time as this game. I'm a little disappointed in that because I really wanted to watch this, but I'm going to be glued to the TV watching the varsity game. You guys can watch the JV game, I guess. Um, (laughs) You know, I still haven't gotten a Notre Dame game right this year. They let me down again. I think they had the ball on the one, could have. Could have pushed it over the, the cover, but I have no idea here with the guys out. I think Clemson's really good top to bottom. You know, the Irish have been high on them this year, but as you said, they haven't thrown the ball downfield. They haven't been explosive. I really don't know, but my punishment for Notre Dame of not getting them right ever is I'm just going to pick the Tigers. Uh, I'm not going to say go anybody here.
0: Good luck. All right, Clemson travel in the South Bend. Notre Dame has a 23-game home winning streak, I believe. And they have the best, the number one winning streak overall in the nation. I think it's at 13. But haven't played anyone like Clemson in those 23 home games or those 13 games in the regular season. Um, again, the Tigers do have some issues. They're banged up. and There's no doubt. Um, Notre Dame's top two receivers aren't playing either. So I kind of think that's a little bit of a wash. Clemson, if they lose a game this year, if, I'm not saying they are Saturday, but if they lose a game this year, like Coach Powell said, I think it's going to be because of their defense it's not going to be because trevor lawrence plays or doesn't play because i think that dj kid is really really good i think clemson's offense is fine they're going to score points um can can notre Dame score enough they just seem to not be able to score points against these elite teams um with ian book at the helm i like ian book i just don't think he's an elite quarterback um i'm going to leave clemson minus five and a half and just hope i'm wrong Again, like Coach Whitmore, I've been wrong on my own team basically all year. Um, I think it is a good football game, though. Um, It is the top game of the day. Enjoy it. I'm going to go Tigers, though, minus 5.5 to cover. All right, that's it for today. No varsity football game. Still can't find a game. Apparently, no one wants to play the Sharks when they're good, but when they're 2-8, and they're just lining up at the door. But we're off this Friday. Travel to North Augusta. First round of the playoffs as a two-seed facing the one-seed, so – Try to get out there next week. We'll talk a little bit about that more um, on Friday. But that's all we got today. Thanks for joining us. And go Sharks. Go Sharks. Go Tigers.